Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, November 17th. This is episode number 125. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Uh, hey, Rod. Well, in the immortal words of Yogi Berra, I have a sense of deja vu all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we, talk, we talked about... Uh, 180s um, on the last show, and the 180s continue. Um, right. this, team Team 180. Yeah, this uh, man, we're we're gonna launch right into it. Um, the uh, this people thought the people thought the Cardinals game was bad. Um, th- this was the worst butt whipping and the worst uh, performance of the year for the Browns. Uh, 45 to seven loss to the Pats, a team. They came in with the same record as the Browns, starting a rookie quarterback. And, uh, you know, um, you, you texted me at, at some point during the game that, that you thought maybe, maybe that was uh, Tom Brady out there in disguise, and it sure looked like it against the Browns' defense. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. They could do no wrong, and the Browns could do no right. And it was, it was just a horrible loss, and it just kind of leaves you shaking your head and wondering where this team is. Uh, you know, are, are we just going to see this over and over where they play good one week, bad the next, good one week, bad the next? Um, yeah. You know, just stick around 500. Um, it just makes you question a lot of things. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't even know where to start with this game. So I, I'll let you kick it off. What, um, I guess, what bothered you most about this game, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> just, just I, th- I think the um, the ineptitude with which they played the entire game, other than the first drive. Um, you know, playing the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals came in undefeated. Um, you, you kind of almost felt like that was going to be a tough one to win going into the game. Yeah. So you know, getting your ass handed to you, you know, you you could kind of accept that afterward. Um, you know, the, the Steelers game, um, it was competitive, even though the Browns were not great. Uh, it was close enough that you thought maybe there was a chance they could win, right? But, but I mean, yeah. it was a poor performance, after, but yeah, they were in it. Yeah. Yeah. After the, the first drive, um, you know, um, the Patriots come down and, and answer right away, tie up the game. Uh, and then we get into our second possession and, Baker throws a, an absolutely ill-advised ball. It's picked um, and sets um, Patriots up with a short field. And that was it. I mean, you you felt at that point like the game was over. And the Browns, from that point on, I think they felt like the game was over. And every guy to a man played like they didn't want to be there. And yeah, it was and just the game was over. Some, yeah, it was it was just some really horrible theater. I mean, it was it was hard as as hard as they've been to watch probably since the Owen sixteen season. So who's do you put this on Stefanski when the Browns are down twenty one seven in the first half and the team looks like they're done? I mean that that's not a score that you can't overcome in the NFL. Well, yeah. Um, you should still be able to correct things at some point and, and figure out how to be competitive. I just think this team, this team is, is, and this organization is still so fragile that that's just not in their bag of tricks. The ability to play from behind and and muster up the competitiveness to go out there and and challenge you know take accept the challenge and and you know play your best football against the other team um i only think that happens with this team from out front and that's that is i don't know if that's a coaching thing you know i mean i i I, you can you can certainly question the ability to 
adjust on the fly uh, to motivate guys uh, from a coaching staff. I mean, at this point, as far as I'm concerned, um, nobody gets a pass. Right. Every, every everybody is accountable at this point. Um, but you know, just guys not having their head in the game, and and you know, the the drops reappeared this week. You know, um, yeah. And Joku dropped a couple of them early that that I thought were easy balls. Easy balls. Yeah. Are, are yeah. we back to him only catching, only making the great catches again? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you know, we were we were all excited. This, you know, this guy has finally arrived and, you know, he's he's playing up to his his draft status and his, and his physical talent, you know, and, and the next thing you know, he goes out there and looks like a stiff again, you know, yeah. um, and that those kinds of things that that happen early in the game, you know, the 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 mental errors, you know, the the uh, the false starts, the jumping off sides, you know, the, the things that are dead ball. Uh, that just crush your momentum. Um, you know, as a coach, how do you counteract that? You know, you just have to go back into your playbook and say, all right, you know, now we're in third and long. What are my options? <laughs> you know, and, you can't and, and motivate. That, you can't motivate 50 guys, you know, during the game. I mean, as, as a coach, I mean, you can you can do what you can at halftime. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to do um, right. if all these guys are down at stuff? You, you know, you got, you know, he's going to do his best, and you got team leaders, and I'm not giving him a pass, you know, because um, yeah. the guys need to have their head in the game. So that's you know, it is. It's up to everybody. But I, I think you're onto something with the with the inability of the Browns to play from behind. You know, I was looking at the. Just at the games and the scores of, you know, of the games so far this year, and I kind of broke it down into some categories, and I'm not going to go through all the games, but I came up with um, with the Browns having two big wins this year, uh, three wins, uh, two close losses, and three bad losses. And I counted Pittsburgh as a bad loss because the Browns just played like crap. Okay. Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, they, they really, uh, I mean, you can call that a close one if you want either way, but right. the Brown, the Browns really, they don't have a close win this year as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Um, right. you know, the closest thing would be, you know, the Vikings or, or the Broncos and, um, you know, I, I think the Browns pretty well had those games in hand, depending on, you know, how you how you see that, uh, Supposed right. pass interference call at the end of the Vikings game, but then you know the the, uh, the win over the Broncos was an easy win, even though the score didn't look that close. Mm-hmm. So they haven't been able to play. Um, they haven't been able to pull out a close game, um, and and they've been in a couple of them. They well, they've been in three of them. So um, if you count the Steelers game, so. You know, um, make of that what you want, but it's definitely something that's missing from the team so far this year. Right. And I just think it gets to the limited offensive playbook. Um, You know, the the way that, that the offense is structured is, you know, we are going to win with our running game we are going to do a lot of um, short um, safe passes um, you know the pass plays are are, are relatively simple um, high percentage things um, very close or even behind the line of scrimmage um, you know, we don't push the ball down the field much at all. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that really, that that limited playbook um, really ties your hands in terms of what you can do to play from behind. You know, if we, we get out to a lead, uh, you know, we can, we can work the clock down. We can keep the other team off the field. Um, but we're just not scoring 
at a high enough percentage, throw, throw out a couple of high scoring games. Um, and, you know, our, our scoring average is, is really low for an NFL offense. Um, and again, it's just because we, we don't, we don't hit the home run very often, you know, um, yeah. you know, we had a couple of them, um, against the Bengals, but, um, in general, right. the, those are few, those kinds of plays are very few and far between. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and the real question is, is, you know, why is our offense so limited like that? Um, you could build a case around, you know, why is our defense so limited as well? Um, I, I have issues with the ability to put an NFL level game plan out on the field. You know, at this point, I mean, we are we are midway through year two of this coaching staff. Um, their their game plans um, and and their playbooks should be completely implemented at this point. Guys should understand what they're doing. Um, you know, I know a lot of pieces had to fit together on defense this year, but guys should have a pretty good feel of what they're doing. Um, you know, you should be able to open up the playbook at this point. Um, but it just hasn't happened. And, and whether that is, you know, that, whether that is personnel or whether that is just coach's decision, um, it's just not a competitive NFL product that we're watching on the field right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is definitely not the week to stick up for the defense after that showing against the Pats, um, (laughs) cause they were awful. Yeah, but you know, I I was looking at the uh, just the you know where where the uh, where the defense stands, um, you know, points per game and yards per game, and I know that doesn't tell the story, but mm-hmm. you know, points per game defense is is twentieth in the league, twenty four point one points per game, uh, rushing yards uh, per game ninety four point seven, fifth in the league, uh, passing yards per game two twenty nine point two is eleventh in the league, so. The yards, the yards aren't bad. Um, that that tells you that uh, pretty much that the offense isn't helping them out. The offense is putting them in bad spots, and, yeah. and I know it's beyond that because, like I said, they were awful against the Pats. Um, they didn't do a heck of a lot against the Chargers, um, you know. And they've had other games where they weren't real good, but um, they have had good games too. So. Um, but I think you have to. I think you have to say that that um, there's other stuff going on with the defense too. It's it's not just mm-hmm. the defense being bad when you look at those when you look at those stats. Um, it's uh, well, I mean, I, obviously it's it's the uh, penalties, and I'm not going to go off on my tangent about penalties. But the Browns are tied for third in the league in penalties with mm-hmm. 70, and they're they're second in penalty yards at 644. Uh, just as uh, comparison, the Bengals are first in both of those categories with 39 penalties for 338 yards. Right. So, you know, roughly half and half, you know, um, of, of the right. uh, penalties on the yards. So I, I have to ask you this, though, Jeff. The Bengals are doing really well on penalties. How? Okay. Um, we've talked about how when you do, when you are, when you're a team that does well, you get the benefit of the doubt in this. Can they really turn things around that quickly in Cincinnati to have their guys be that good? And do you think they're getting a? Can they possibly be getting a benefit of the doubt on this, or or is this kind of just the status kind of skewed at this point? Or what are your thoughts as to why Cincinnati is doing so well in the league in penalties? There's probably a lot of factors that go into this, um, not the least of which is team discipline or lack thereof. Um, 
I think it's hard to really draw any conclusions from how many penalties or, or just, just that chart in general. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think, you know, wins and losses are what matter. And the Bengals sure. aren't really that much better than us in that category. So, um, you know, are, are they probably doing some things to help themselves in that department? Yeah. Um, like, you know, not committing stupid penalties and, you know, not doing things to, to stop a drive before it starts. Um, mm-hmm. And we're not, you know, so, um, yeah, no doubt. You know, even, even if every one of those borderline things had gone our way and, you know, we were ranked somewhere down, you know, closer or up, however you look at it. Uh, like if we had, Cincinnati, you know, 55 or 60 penalties called against us. <laughs> instead of 70 or 80. Instead of 70. No, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. a big difference. You know? Yeah. So, so what what would that have translated into in terms of wins and losses? Um, I, you know, you could make the case maybe in a couple of games that we might have kept it closer. Um, but realistically, Rod, I think this goes a little deeper than than just the you know woe is me type of approach um, by fans about you know. Cleveland against the world. Um, I mentioned this organization being really fragile. Um, you know, we're in year two of a rebuild again. Um, we feel like we've finally got a foundation. Um, you know, we, we've got some some players that we're signing to second contracts now who are solid veterans, uh, all pro level type players that we didn't have three or four years ago. Um, but in terms of the organization overall, you know, I, I think we have, we have some short term issues. We have some near term issues. Um, my biggest concern right now is the long-term outlook for this franchise. And the idea that, um, you know, we get screwed because we're the Browns just ties back into that defeatist um, loser culture that we've tried to eliminate under the Stefanski regime. Um, you know, you, well, and that, that's why I brought the Bengals into this, Jeff. Because the Bengals right. have been through some of the same stuff the Browns have. And they are, um, you know, I'm, I'm, the Bengals were not supposed to be this good this season. They're, they're playing pretty darn well, you know. I mean, the Browns, the Browns had their way with them last time. But, you know, that was just one game. But the Bengals are, are the least penalized team in the league. That's something to hang your hat on, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Regardless of how you think that's happening, there's definitely a team discipline component to that. You you don't you don't that doesn't just happen by luck. So that that was part of my that was part of bringing that up to you is, you know, we've we've talked about this and and you've said that, you know, you kind of need to earn your way a little bit with some of the penalties Right. I don't necessarily think the Bengals have have done that, and they're still leading the league and and being you know least penalized. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think that probably helps your argument in that um, it, it's pretty much based on your discipline and and uh, you know not doing stupid stuff. And if if you do that often enough, you can get rid of a lot of these penalties. And, and really help yourself. Yeah, you know, right. I, again, I think it's it's the culture. Um, when you're when things are going well, you tend to not do those kind of things as frequently. When things are going poorly, they snowball. And mm-hmm. you know, the the idea that um, we you know we get excessively penalized because of who we are just sort of feeds on that, you know, that, that, 
oh, you know, man, I, I can't do anything because I play for the Browns, you know, and I'm going to get penalized a lot, you know, and and it's just so easy for an organization to slip back into that mindset, I think. And, and mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now is the ebbs and flows of this team trying to work its way out of that losing culture. You know, we've got players who still sort of carry over from the, you know, the lowest points of this franchise. And it's easy for them to, you know, start to, you know, or, or to, to kind of go back to that mentality um, of finger pointing, you know, uh, calling people out, you know, things like that, that good teams don't do. And, and teams with, you know, longer term success um, have something to fall back on. You know, this, this team really doesn't have that mindset completely yet. And I, I just think that has something to do with, you know, why we're solid looking one week and crappy looking the next week is that we just, we haven't figured that out yet. You know, and, and yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, the play of certain players as well. You know, um, we talked about Denzel Ward last week. You know, I mean, he was dominant in the game against the Bengals. Um, I think Belichick probably took him out of, of the game plan. He said, we're just not going to throw his way. We're not going to give him a chance to beat us. Okay. Um, so D- Denzel wasn't a factor. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think I – Heard his number called at all. Um, let me look real quick here. Um, Brown's stats. Um, Denzel Ward, two tackles. Yeah, they just didn't throw at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they at threw him. at him at all. You know? No, no um, not really. So, you know, when you can game plan around guys like that, and, and they, they kind of did the same thing with Miles. You know, they, 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 sucked him in and then dumped the ball over his head, mm-hmm. you know, uh, quick, quick screens right over miles's head. You know, um, yeah. we're not going to give him a chance to, to, to beat us, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, where the Browns are, if, you know, if, if their key guys have an off day, they can't lift themselves up by the bootstraps and, and figure out how to, how to win. You know, the, the idea of coming from behind is so foreign to this organization that um, it, it's they just haven't done it. They haven't figured out how to do it. You know, so you go right. in with a game plan and it either works or it doesn't, <laughs> you know, and from week to week, that's that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Did you hear the news out of Tampa? No, because there isn't any news. The Buccaneers got their butts kind of whooped by Washington, and it was just a loss, okay? Right. So they're right. moving on uh, because yeah. that team's in a different spot. Um, yes. You know, they didn't play well, um, but, you know, that, that's just that's just how it is. So um, yeah. teams at teams a different spot, but, uh, you know, when, when you get to – when you – build up enough consistency over time, I guess you can lay a clunker without everybody, you know, thinking that the world is ending. Right. Just a little um, bit different. Yeah. It's like, you know, we, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you know, when the, when the chiefs were sucking wind, you know, their fans were making some noise, but you know, nobody was writing off Patrick Mahomes at that point. And, you know, what did he do this week? He went out and threw for 400 yards and was offensive player of the week. Um, so yeah. when you have the best player in the league, you, you know, you, you, uh, you, there's no point in, uh, in getting too rattled too early. <laughs> things, well, are, yeah, things are a little different. Yeah. This, this is a, a, a season, you know, of attrition. It's a, it's a game of, you know, trying to put the best product you can out on the field each week, you know, you lose players, um, you know, you're, you're down, your your top three running backs. Okay. And or top three, three top yeah. four, three, your top four, <laughs> however you want to look at it. Okay. Uh, four of your top you know, five or four. Right. Yeah. Four of your yeah. five period. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're signing, you're signing guys off the street to, to back up your, your one running back. 
Um, and that's supposed to be the strength of your offense, you know, and, and, you know, give Dearness Johnson credit, um, you know, for, for fighting his way through it, but you could just oh, yeah. see that, that that wasn't going to happen. You know, um, the, the, that's tough. The Patriots the were not going to let that happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this, I think the, the, the team's ability to adjust and, and, you know, when, when the opponent takes away key players, key strengths of our, of our team, um, we just don't have a plan B. And again, you know, is that, is that coaching staff, you know, just making the decision not to use plan B or is it because our personnel is limited to the point that they don't feel we can execute a plan B and it's going to make things even worse. Uh, case in point, our safeties. You know, we, mm-hmm. we know that Joe Woods wants to run a three safety defense. He's been saying it for, um, what? Since he got 26 games, 26 games now, right? 27 yeah. games now. Yeah. Um, and he, he's lacked the personnel to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Ronnie Harrison, you know, goes out there and, and, and has a good week and a bad week. And, you know, Grant Delpit still hasn't really come into his own. Um, we just don't have those three safeties. And we, we still don't have an effective coverage safety, in my mind. At least I haven't seen one. Uh, I haven't seen a guy play that way, you know, a true free safety. No, I don't think we have one. So, no. um, you know, to be able to run the defense that he wants to run, uh, we don't have the personnel. So, you know, you say, well, okay, well, maybe he should just adjust his defense to the guys we do have. Okay. Well, what does that look like? You know, and, and how does that stop what the opponent is trying to do? Um, again, oh, yeah. I, I think it's, yeah. it's a little bit of an oversimplification to say, well, you know, so what, you don't have three safeties, um, do something else or let, let's, let's fire him and bring in somebody else that can make use of the guys that we have. Right. Um, yeah, who's What's the who's the coverage at? safety that you're going to put out there, and whose spot is he going to take, and how effective is he going to be? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So you know, I think I think you know, coaches put the players out on the field that they think give them the best chance of winning. They they'd be foolish to do otherwise. And you know, when you see Andrew Sandejo play virtually every down last year, okay, despite his shortcomings. There's a reason he's playing, <laughs> you know, because there's just not yeah. somebody that's more effective at what he's trying to do. Right. Absolutely. You know? So, and, and we heard about it every week. <laughs> so we have those, we have those issues on defense. Um, you know, this defense needs to be able to dictate to the offense what they're going to let it do. And from week to week, we just can't count on being able to do that, you know, so I think the defense, you know, same same type of scenario. They they fall behind early. Um, they're out there long stretches of time. Um, they 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 can't get a stop on third down, and pretty soon the game just gets away from them, you know. And and this defense isn't in a place again where you know it can turn that around. You know, make make the big stop, get the big interception. You know come up with that key play that turns the game around it's just not mature enough defense to be able to do that yeah i mean this this defense has been as inconsistent as the offense i mean just you know they have as many games where they've given up 30 as they do where they've given up you know what uh 10 or less um you know so um that's I mean, it, it's just, I don't know, I struggle with this a little bit because this this is the NFL and the NFL wants these higher scoring games. So I don't want to give our DC a pass or any of the, you know, the defense a pass, but, right. you know, our defense has given up 24 points a game and that that's probably, you know, that's, that well, that's 20th in the league. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, 15, 15th or 16th in the league is probably what, you know, 20 or 22 points a game. So, um, you know, it's not that big of a difference. It, it's it's about where the NFL wants defenses to be. So, 
Um, you get you got to be pretty thrilled when when the defense goes out there and pitches a game where they've where they give up six, seven, ten points because that's just not going to happen all that often. Right. But you sure hope they can figure out a way to, you know, to utilize the the talent on this defense a little bit better, um, right, you know, right. or, or more consistently. I mean, because we see it from time to time, but it just doesn't, you know, it, I think the inconsistency is what's driving people crazy and on sure. both sides of the ball, both sides. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I the, was... Um, I, I was looking at, uh, you know, Baker's a whole nother story in this. Um, yeah, I don't want to dive into the whole thing of Baker because as far as I'm concerned, Baker's going to be playing next year, and I think we've got uh, a season and a half to figure Baker out. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but, I, you know, I think, you know, it, whatever they do, um, you know, I, I think there's time to figure Baker out, and I don't know – what effect the injuries having on him? Um, you know, it, it seems like it, it's, you know, it certainly didn't have any effect in the Bengals game. So you got to think, figure that it's not having too much effect on him at this point. But, um, but we really. Well, I would don't just talk. say that the, the Browns ran very few offensive plays in the Bengals game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's kind of hard to kind of hard to equate that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, you know, I, I was just going through looking at kind of looking at Baker's numbers uh, compared to wins and losses a little bit. And, you know, ba- Baker's thrown for 300 yards twice this season. Those were those were both in losses, um, <laughs> you know, interestingly enough. And in the uh, and the four wins that he started, you know, he, he's thrown for. Uh, for 213, 246, 155, and 218. And his his rating, obviously, in the Bengals game, was it was 132. Um, you know, and it, he's got a good rating in all but the uh, all but the Vikings game where it was 59. But I mean, he his uh, his uh, completion percentage. I mean, it's all over the board. Um, it, there's no direct correlation between Baker's numbers really and wins. Um, you know, and I, I didn't pull up rushing yards for these games. I would think there's probably a much greater correlation between rushing yards and wins for the Browns. But I just kind of wanted to look at, you know, how Baker's numbers uh, lined up with wins. And, uh, you know, you know, to me, it, it just really doesn't show all that much because he's... Doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. I mean, he, he had... He he played very well. Had, had great numbers in in the Chargers game and in in the uh, KC game. Um, you know, even even in the, the Cardinals game. You know, he, he put up really good uh, really good numbers and and their losses. So right. Um, yeah. Well, know, look, I'm I'm not going to disagree with you about the the time horizon. Um, you know, I said it a couple of weeks ago. There's plenty of time down the road to talk about, you know, what his future looks like. Um, I think it's appropriate and necessary, though, to discuss what impact his play is having on the offense right now. Um, You know, when I talk about the short term and mid range problems versus the long term problems, um, you know, the, the short term problem right now is that Baker's injured. Now, mm-hmm. That might be a mid-range problem. I don't know. Maybe it lingers the rest of the season, and you know he really can't play effectively because of the injury. Um, you can also look at his body of work in terms of you know where his strengths and weaknesses are. And I think you know in year four now, we pretty much have an idea of what kind of quarterback he is. Okay, I don't I don't think there's a lot of mystery there still. You know, can can he? Uh, grow and, and develop from this point. Well, sure, anybody can, you know, and we would we would hope to see that um, as time goes on, like we did second half of last year, right? Um, right. But in terms of you know the impact that it's having on games right now, um, it's it's really obvious to me that 
the coaching staff is trying to protect him um, from the defense and from himself. Um, you know, you and I don't typically listen to a lot of other stuff because, you know, we want these podcasts to be our thoughts, you know, original thoughts and not parroting other people. Right. Um, there's, there's been a lot of noise this week. Um, and I think some of that is opportunistic. Um, you know, people that, that have strong opinions, um, tend to gravitate toward other people who have strong opinions. And, you know, that leads to, uh, you know, more, um, bigger, bigger audiences and more followers and all those kinds of things. Right. Well, right. I mentioned to you in a, in a text earlier today that, that objectivity is kind of a, a, a dying art, you know? Um, but I had you listen to something that, that Jake Burns did earlier in the week and you know, I'll give him credit for it. Um, it was today everybody. actually. Yeah. Was it today? It was this today. morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, you know, his, his Wednesday pod was basically covering this subject and he covered it better than you, than you and I ever could. Um, so I tell anybody who wants to hear an objective look at where Baker sits to go listen to that pod. Okay. But the, the, the takeaway from it is, is that, you know, right now, um, Baker's capabilities are limited to the point that the coaching staff's hands are really tied. And that is sort of a microcosm of the whole team. Um, you know, Baker's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. The defense is going to have good games, bad games. And, and the team as a whole kind of rides those waves. And, yeah. you know, whether, whether we're going to see good Baker or bad Baker, nobody really knows, you know? So um, I think right now it's, it's very hard to make assessments of anybody in terms of, you know, are they doing a good job when we've got those kinds of things going on? So we've got to get back to looking at the long-term good, you know, the, the long-term outlook for this organization. And what matters is, are we getting better? Are we figuring things out? Are we growing and developing? Are we expanding the, the talent on our roster? Um, do we have guys in those, you know, those key years that we've always talked about, you know, um, the second contract, right? Um, right. Four, five, three, four years ago, we had nobody. I mean, almost like, like Joe Thomas was it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Playing on an extension, <laughs> you know? So, so we've put some of those pieces in place. Um, I just believe we need to give this team some time to grow and develop. And unfortunately, you know, this, this organization, this fan base has never been willing to do that. And, you know, the, the, the wolves start to howl in the background as soon as, you know, things don't go well and we want to see, you know, somebody fired. Uh, or multiple somebody's fired, you know? And so we just yeah. hit that reset yeah. button again, thinking, well, we'll get it right next time, you know? Um, the reason that we can't keep up with teams like the Steelers and the Patriots is because they have that stability. And the only way we're going to get that stability is by changing our mindset. We've got to get out of that losing culture recognize that that we have a good organization that we want to keep getting better we're not we're not at a point where we should settle for mediocrity okay and and that's that's the whole baker argument okay the the pro baker argument is well he's better than anything we've had to this point okay and my immediate thought to that kind of argument is okay so what you're telling me is is we should just accept and be grateful for our mediocrity because it's better 
than the shit we went through five years ago. <laughs> Right? Well, it, we're, well, yeah, we're Cleveland, Jeff. damn it. We're at least we don't. At least we're not the laughing stock of the league anymore. <laughs> right. Well, it's not just that he's better than anything we've had before. It's look how many tries it took to get somebody this good, and and people are ready to to toss him out the door and think that it's going to be that that the next guy they're bringing in is going to be better. And people have to realize that it's not that easy. No, it's certainly not that easy. It might take but, five tries to get somebody better than Baker. Right, right. But and, and that's what that people said, need to recognize. Right. But with that said, we can't just accept the fact that we're going to have a mid-to-bottom-tier quarterback long-term who takes up a huge amount of salary and prevents us from having other people. That's that's what we're talking about as a decision beyond next year. Okay. And again, there's sure. plenty of time to figure that out. Okay. Right yeah. now, right now, we have to find a way to win with what we have. Because if we don't, my fear is that this organization reverts back to its type that, that's been demonstrated over the last 20 years of wandering in the desert that we're just going to blow it up again. Right. Because the fans, the fans do have an impact on those kinds of decisions. Okay. The fans don't affect how players play. The fans, you know, can be mean to players and players aren't going to, you know, have a bad day because somebody said something to them on social media. At least I don't think they will. If they do, they should probably be, in another line of work. They need to turn okay. their phone off. Yeah. Right. Right. But what the fans do impact is how the organization perceives itself. And, and if the organization starts to think that, oh, geez, we're losing the fan base, we got to do something big. Okay. That's been the crutch that this organization has used repeatedly. You know, how are we going to keep our fan base engaged? You know, we're we're the worst team in the league. We got to keep our fan base engaged somehow. Well, it's with the promise of, you know, the next guy coming in the door. You know, that doesn't work. You know, and that doesn't work with quarterbacks either. Okay. But you have to you have to constantly be looking for ways to get better. You know, you and I talked earlier about, you know, the draft and we're probably going to be replacing Keenum with a draft choice or somebody like that as a backup next year anyway. Right. Yeah, so what I, what I, th yeah. yeah, what I think has to happen now is you got to bring somebody in who's going to push Baker next year, push him to get better. And, and you know what? We all have to hold our breath and hope that that happens because the alternative, yeah. like you said, is just, too disastrous to think about. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think a big part of the problem with Baker is that we've seen a lot of good Baker and that that was, you know, the second half of last season. And then and then we've got this this injury issue this year that we don't know what the effect is. It, it's really hard to to know what it's done to his play, if anything. So you really don't know what you're getting out of him this this year if it's if it's if it's representative or not. That's true. And and, and yeah, and then and then he's probably going to have some kind of lingering issue with this thing not the rest of the season. Right. So whether it affects him or not, we don't know. So then you're down to you're down to next season, and so you're mm -hmm. gonna have to take these five years and make your decision based on that. And and you know what? And we can talk about it all we want. It's going to come down to to Andrew Barry, you know, and Stefanski, and you know, and these other guys who who are going to make the decision, and they'll be smart about it. That you know, and and they'll do what's best. But I just, it, it's definitely a tough call because I think we all I think we all like the kind of player Baker is, but we do see his shortcomings. Especially, especially lately with the up and downs, um, you know, it, it's easy to make excuses for him, especially when you've seen him play very well in some games. Um, 
I think we just get we I think we just have to be patient with him for the next you know season or so as we watch and see what happens and, and you know and hope he plays well as the Browns are making this decision and I think you're absolutely right I think they're probably going to bring somebody in to compete next you know next season you know it, as I was prepping for this podcast I wrote down um, you know growth versus success and that's the idea that that we we would like to give this team time to grow and especially specific players time to grow but that is smack up against the fans and you know and and probably ownership's desire for immediate success right. and to me this is this is so much like the whole idea of when we when when the browns end up drafting that defensive tackle in in the fifth round or you know or wide receiver in the fifth round to get him on that that uh, rookie deal and then there's there's other guys who are brought in and you're like can we, do we keep them around to develop uh, or do we bring somebody else in you know mm-hmm. sooner or later you want to keep some of these guys around and and watch them grow because it's how your team's going to get better is by having guys that have been in your system right. that that know it that have been there um, versus bringing in a rookie every single year and it, it's the same thing with drafting a quarterback every few years it's the same thing with changing head coaches every few years you need to allow the growth in order to get to the success you can't right. just demand the success without waiting on and, and and allowing the growth to happen. Yeah, I, I think a good example of that is um, our tackle play right now. Um, you, know, you know I love Blake Hance, and he's doing yeah. a commendable job of filling in for Jack Conklin. Um, but doing everything he is, can. Yeah. yeah, the truth is, is Blake has, has bounced around the league Okay. Um, James Hudson was drafted as a developmental tackle. Um, if, if you are in a, in a, on a losing team, you run him out there and you develop. Yeah. You just let him play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you let him figure it out on the fly. Okay. I hope your quarterback Uh, doesn't get killed or you play back. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, but, you know, on a team with expectations, you know, he, he's going to sit and watch. And, yeah. and you know, he may, he may not get any snaps the rest of the year, you know. And that's because, you know, the coaching staff has to get wins or their job's on the line, you know, with, with the expectation level set that high. So you're right. It, it is a, it's a, it's a balancing act for these guys, you know, to – to, to be able to get to where we want to be as an organization, we really have to do both. We have to win, and we have to instill that culture, that, that long-term view of how we develop players. And the fans have to be patient with Baker. They have to be patient with everybody in this organization, or we're just not going to get there. And we need to think about the long-term horizon of this organization. And, and, and you know what? We're not, we might not win a Super Bowl in the next year or two, but if we get to that point, I like our chances a lot better. And everybody is so, everybody's talking, not everybody, but a lot of people are bringing up Super Bowl title and all this stuff. This, this team, the Browns have not finished second in the division since 2007. Second. They've been lower than second since 2007. Before that, 2002, they were second. The last time this team was first in the division was in the Central in 1989. (laughs) Okay? I'm not trying to crush anybody's dreams or anything, but you have to allow this team to grow. Okay, and again, I'm not making excuses because this team is talented. I'm not saying, you know, that that they that they couldn't get there. 
because I, I think I think the way you get there is by is by winning games in the regular season, staying healthy and getting hot at the end of the season. I think that's how teams win Super Bowls, you know, along mm-hmm. with having some experienced players on your team, typically. Um, right. But Tom, you know, Brady, th- Tom Brady decides to join your organization. Yeah. Yeah. That pretty much does it. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, my my point is everybody wants to jump right to right to being a, a title team, and you know, I, I I think we have I think we have a good coach. At least everybody voted for him last season, you know, to win the coach of the year. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any need to run Stefanski out of town. I, I think. I think the you know the jury's probably out on Joe Woods. He certainly had some good games and and some bad, but I think defensive coordinator is the <laughs> is the one job in sports that everybody thinks they could do, but if they tried to do it, it would be a nightmare. Oh, yeah, absolutely. good luck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a real easy job until you try to do it. I mean, how many defensive coordinators defensive coordinators have the Browns had in the last 10, 20 years? And how a many lot. have people liked? Any of them? There, sh- there should be a shirt like the quarterback shirt. It, has anybody ever liked a defensive coordinator that the Browns have had? Well, you like them from game to game. game yeah, yeah there's, game there's, to game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's guys that, you know, they, that, you know you're – uh, you're, you're impressed with what they do in a particular game, but um, yeah, this no, this organization has not had a Steelers type defense ever. Um, right. It's not it's not had a Patriots type defense ever, and that's just not going to happen overnight. It's going to take more than one season or two seasons to to do that. It's going to take more than five seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least. So you, so, I mean, you have to you have to like the guy you have in there. You know, you can't just hire anybody and have them come in and give them ten years. But um, you know, so you have to figure out if you have the right guy. But yeah, it, it's not going to happen just just by by changing defensive coordinators every year. And, oh my God, do do not do this thing where we go four three three four four three three four every other season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if anything's going to cause people to jump ship, it'll be that. <laughs> yeah. But well, we do have a game coming up. Yeah, you know, I I didn't figure we really needed to talk a whole heck of a lot about the Lions because the Lions are 0 eight and one. They just tied the Steelers uh, without Ben. Uh, so, you know, kudos to the Lions for for that tie. I guess. Um, you know, I mean, the Lions, uh, let's face it, Jeff, if the Browns can't go in and whoop up on the Lions, then, then we're seriously in, in trouble. Well, it's that kind of expectation that worries me. Um, because you're right, you, you don't want to be the organization that gives them their first win. No, you <laughs> don't. Sure Pitts, no, Pittsburgh you can't was, underestimate was them. That in the face. Yeah, you can't underestimate them, but... Um, but I mean, the Browns. Uh, yeah, I'm sure the Browns are not going to. I, I would hope that Stefanski is not going to underestimate them. I, I've seen them play. They have some players on that team, you know. But um, they're 0-8 and one. They've they've scored 150 points and given up 260. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're they they have they have a few decent players. Uh, they don't they don't uh, they've been hurting at wide receiver. They got a lot of guys hurt there. I don't know how many guys they have back yet, but um, you know I don't know who who all Goff has to throw the ball to right now. It's not a lot of guys. They've got a couple guys who can run the ball if they're healthy. Um, yep. You know we'll see. I mean well, they they've given up a few more points on defense than the Browns have, and that's you know and that's in one less game. Yeah. Uh, They've had their buyer, uh, right? And and Goff is as beat up as Baker is. Um, yeah, this this could could come down to Case Keenum versus David Blau. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. This this has all the makings of a trap game for the Browns. Um, I think the 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 silver lining here is we are almost consistent now with our you know every other week format. Um, 
So I'm expecting a big one based on that. Everything one. everything lines up for for us to go in and and beat the Lions. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, you know, I don't know if we cover nine and a half points, but um, good news is we don't have to. <laughs> um and they will be playing for did somebody uh share this with me keith fickle shared this with me last night they'll be playing for the great lakes classic trophy are you familiar with this jeff uh jeez (laughs) i guess (laughs) i guess it came up during the carmen carmen policy era and really? uh, I guess it's not really celebrated much, but when the Browns play no. Detroit, this is what's on the line. So, yeah. so hopefully we'll be this will be residing two, two in pretty, Cleveland. Two historically bad organizations fighting over a trophy is not something to write home about. Yeah, not really, not really. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that they try to get going. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. two organizations do go back a ways, so. <laughs> Two of the older organizations in the league, anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah. Browns, well, uh, Browns favored by nine and a half. The over/under is forty-four and a half. Same as last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I yeah. told you that they would cover the over. I just didn't tell you that the Patriots would cover it by themselves. That they did. That they did. <laughs> Let's hope the Lions don't do that this week to us. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really thinking that that I'm going to go with the same score prediction that I went with last week and hope that it is right this week. 24-21 Browns. A squeaker. Are you, is this going to be a last minute field goal type thing or it, It's yeah, we we haven't had one of those yet this year. And you know, well, I, I really thought coming into to this season that, you know, it was going to come down to our kicker at least, you know, once in a while, um, because that's what the NFL typically is. But, you know, we just haven't had that. So we're due for one. We are. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be this week. I think the Browns are going to win handily this week for some reason. Maybe it's because of the 180 effect. I see going. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to bet against that. I'm going to go 31-14 Browns. Oh, okay. That's a lot of points to expect, but we'll, yeah. see, we'll see what happens. Well, it's, not know, as ma- it's, it's not nearly as just, many as they scored against Cincinnati. So maybe I'm just, just squeaking by the over two. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, to- same total points. Which yeah, I, 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 I think, think is, the over. is like the lowest over-under you ever see in an NFL game is like 44, 44 and a half. And we've now had it two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how you know what to expect out of this game because the Browns have been so inconsistent and Detroit hasn't won a game. So um, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to give the Browns uh, nine and a half points in this game. I know they're, <laughs> I know they're the better team uh, record wise and everything, but Nine yeah. and a half is a lot. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm picking them to cover that easily, but uh, still, that that's a lot of points. So, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they can get back on track and you know figure some things out. And uh, hopefully, the 180s continue at least one more week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we it would be it would be really nice to come off of a win going into that. Baltimore game that um, you and I will be attending. Yes, it would be. Yeah, yeah, we will be in Baltimore for that game. Um, hopefully, not freezing our asses off. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that, that's not going to work for me. You'll you'll find me in the concourse somewhere. Um, that's what drinking, I was thinking. I drinking hot chocolate. I can only put so many layers on. Yeah, I am not. <laughs> right. I'm not one of those guys who's going to take a shirt off and all that stuff. And no. No. <laughs> open for the fifties. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Baltimore does us right in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. We're open. We're open. So, all right. Well, uh, 
I th- we got through it, Jeff. So uh, yeah, um, it was some fun <laughs> talking about the New England game, but uh, yeah, somebody had to do it. That's right. That's right. So uh, <laughs> nobody any... wanted to do it, but somebody had to. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> any any closing thoughts before we sign off? No, man. Just let's just go get a win. Yeah, we need it. I think I think we're both ready for a win. So, yep. so uh, well, let's do that. This has been the Browns Blitz. We will catch you next time.